0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Bloodbath. That's what it is for the Democratic Party, and they can deny this all they want, but you cannot deny reality. And the voters didn't. The voters in Virginia didn't. Voting for Glenn Youngkin as governor voting for Winsome Spears as their lieutenant governor and voting for Jason Mayaris as their attorney general three statewide races won by Republicans first time a Republican has won a statewide race since 2009 earthquake tsunami bloodbath I don't care what you want to call it it's huge and how do i know it's important well joy reed says uh republicans are dangerous to national security They would have to be willing to say what you have said on
1: your show. I think we've all said a version of it. You have to be willing to vocalize that these Republicans are dangerous, that this isn't a party that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy, that at this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism
0: eventually leads to the hardcore stuff. It leads to the. That's the kind of talk that the media outlets were having last night. As we were watching, as we were taking a look, as we were trying to understand what was happening in the the race in Virginia, in the race in New Jersey, we're watching this, we're seeing this play out, we're like, hmm, what does this mean? And what were they saying in the news outlets? The, The usual suspects, ah, these are just a bunch of bigots. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY, I'll, I'll ask the question this way, does anybody think that last night was a good sign for the progressives? You asked Speaker Pelosi, she's like, well, the people have spoken, but what do we care? Oh. <laughs> ah, Too bad it didn't come out. The people have spoken, but we're not going to change our agenda. They're not going to change what it is that they're doing. They have no plans of changing anything. Mitch McConnell, he's speaking out. The bill our colleagues are writing behind closed doors is terrible
1: from top to bottom. More debt, more taxes, and more inflation. Fewer options for American families. This reckless taxing and spending spree would hurt families and help China. This radical social takeover is the last thing Americans need and the last thing Americans want. The voters of America just yesterday gave our colleagues a preview of that fact last night. It's not too late. They could still pull back from the brink
0: while they can. He's making the argument that when you see in New Jersey, what you see in Virginia, what you saw in Minneapolis, well, this just proves that America doesn't want socialism. I don't actually think that's what it proves. I have a very, very thread the needle take on all of this. And let me give you some of the basics. You've got those three victories in Virginia. You have a neck-and-neck neck race right now in New Jersey for governor. I said this was impossible. Impossible. Until yesterday, nobody knew how to pronounce uh, uh, Jack Chitterelli's name. C-I-A-T-T-A-R-E-L-L-I. Jack Chitterelli. Well, he's right now down by 7,000. One hundred votes it's fifty to forty nine percent. We've got eighty five percent of the vote counted. The thing, things are, are going to change. Can a Republican pull out a win in New Jersey? You First know how many pe- you know how many people called that? Zero. Zero people called that. Zero people were paying attention to that race. Zero people thought that a Republican in this race against Phil Murphy had any chance at all. The state has gotten bluer. So so, why is it here? Why is it at a 50-49 right now? In Minneapolis, they rejected out of hand the idea of defunding the police, 57% to 44%. While the war on social media showed you that people wanted to defund, the reality of the people said, we need officers who do the job properly. The connection between your social media space and your real life has never been more disconnected. The gulf, the chasm has never been more vast nor more deep. Social media isn't real. What's real is the political left took for granted the soccer mom in Virginia and then called the soccer mom racist for being opposed to critical race theory, which they claim isn't being taught and isn't even real, to which we know is a lie because we use it as the overarching, encompassing terminology for the bigotry we're seeing in schools. People told us we need to rethink the police, and people don't want these abusive forces. Well, we don't want abuse, but we want a police force. And black voters told the social media woke, you don't know what you're talking about. That's what happened. But let's get into an idea of what people voted for. Or maybe what they voted against. 2016 was, I mean, I'm sorry, 2020 was a great example of what people voted against. They voted against Trump. They didn't vote for Biden. That happens. Regardless of what you think of election results, they voted against Trump. They they did not vote for Biden. In this election, they voted against those who told them that they weren't allowed to stand up for their kids. In Minneapolis... They voted for their own safety and their futures. What did they vote for in New Jersey? Well, I'll get into that in in a little bit. I want to break that down a little bit more. But we shouldn't say that in Virginia, they only voted against those people and those like Terry McAuliffe who wanted to take away the rights of parents who wanted to uh, make uh, the claim that more progressivism was the way. There is also the possibility they voted for something. Because I am a believer that to get people to vote for you, you have to give them something to vote for. While there can be exceptions, you have to give people something to look up to. That brings us to Winsome spears. Now, you... May not know who that is, and that's okay because I gotta tell you that the the vast majority of us, I said Spears, I keep saying Spears, it's Sears, S E A R S, because what I'm, I have here I have it spelled wrong. That's that's why I apologize for that. You haven't heard of Winsome Sears. Her first name is Winsome, W I N S O M E. Her last name is Sears, S E A R S. Who is Winsome Sears? She is the new lieutenant governor of Virginia. Winsome Sears served in the U.S. Marine Corps. Winsome Sears has one of these great photos of her with what I believe is her AR-15. Winsome Sears is a Republican. And Winsome Sears is the first black woman to win statewide office in Virginia history. I put that last because it's actually the least important thing. What's important is what people voted for, and I wanted you to hear it for yourself. This is what people voted for in Virginia, in Winsome Sears.
2: I'm telling you that what you are looking at is the American dream. When my father came to this country, August 11th of 1963, he came at the height of the civil rights movement from Jamaica. He came and I said to him, but it was such a bad time for us, why did you come? And he said, because America was where the jobs and the opportunities were. (laughs) with $1. seventy-five, one dollar $1.75, took any job he could find and he put himself through school and started his American dream. And then, yes, and now he's comfortably retired. And then he came and got me when I was six years old. And when I stepped on that Pan Am Boeing 737 and landed at JFK, I landed in a new world. And so let me tell you this. I am not even first-generation American. When I joined the Marine Corps, I was still a Jamaican. But this country had done so much for me. I was willing, willing to die for this country. to you, victory indeed. But I I say to you, there are some who want to divide us and we must not let that happen. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when my father came. We can live where we want. We can eat where we want. We own the water fountains. We have had a black president elected not once but twice, and here I am, living proof.
0: It's not always about what you vote against. It is very much about what you vote for. The kinds of people who you put your stamp on and say, that is somebody who represents me. And if not me today, the me I aspire to be tomorrow. The me I want us to be. The kind of me that can stand up in the face of everybody hurling racial attacks here, there, and everywhere and say, not true. Not today. The kind of me that will force the Joy Reads and the Nicole Wallaces and the Van Jones and the Rachel Maddows and the Chris Hazes and the Posts and the Times and the NBCs and the CBSs of the world to simply stop with the hate, the bigotry, the racial attacks, the division. The kind of me, the kind of we, the kind of us that says, my gosh, people do achieve the American dream. It is possible, it is real, and we should celebrate them. We want to celebrate Ilhan Omar, the congresswoman from Minnesota. A Somali refugee who gets to go to universities in the U.S. and becomes a member of Congress. Only to prove herself a radical anti Semite and to hate the country that took her in. We should want to celebrate Representative Ocasio Cortez because this should be the nation where a bartender becomes a member of Congress because they just want to try. Yet she moves policies that prove a hate for a nation. And it's frustrating. And then you meet Winsome Sears the new lieutenant governor of Virginia, and you say, that is what I voted for. That idea, that philosophy, that woman, her family, that's my family. I can see it. That's what I want. I find it stunning that none of us knew her name before last night. I find it stunning that I do this for a living and I didn't know her story. I find it stunning that Republicans couldn't figure out how to share that American story. Or were they afraid they were going to be told they were exploiting a black woman? You know, a token. That's what they say. That's not what we say. That's how they act. That's not how we act. I spoke yesterday. It was 1230 in the morning. So it was actually today. I was on News Nation Now going over election results. And I was asked about Glenn Youngkin winning in Virginia and the Trump effect. And did, did he push Trump away? I said, no. No. What, what he proved is that if you, if you lean into the issues, and Trump taught people how to have a spine, if you lean into the issues, people respect it. They want to be a part of that. They want to be a part of those people who do not wilt. Ben Dominic. Had tweeted out, uh, I, I caught this this morning, you don't get a Republican sweep without a top of the ticket candidate who leaned into a hot button culture war challenge instead of dodging it. Trump taught that to a lot of people. Just not to win some Sears. Because it's very obvious that a woman who comes to the United States from Jamaica is so enthralled with the nation that took her in that she becomes a Marine, builds her family, builds her life, and then runs as a Republican in today's society to be lieutenant governor. She had leaned into all the hot-button culture war challenges, and she won. And that is what we want to be. It's not a question of what they voted against in Virginia and Toto. There's a whole bunch of what they voted for. And we need much more of it. I'm Tony Katz. The story from the Daily Mail is a a, a quote out of uh, a conversation that was had with Tucker Carlson. Here's the headline. DEA agent, drug enforcement agent, charged in the MAGA riot, they're talking about January 6th, tells Tucker Carlson from Fox News, an FBI informant urged him to break into the Capitol. This is an Army veteran who faces 15 years in prison despite never entering the building, and I don't even know how that's possible. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, always great to be with you. His name is Mark Ibrahim, Army veteran, fired from the DEA over his participation in January 6th. Uh, Was part of uh, Tucker's series on what happened. Now, do I know if this is true or not? No, I I, I don't. That's not the part I want to dig in on. The part I want to dig in on is that we have discussed here before that there is video from January 6th that shows people getting welcomed into the Capitol, waved in, allowed in. There were posts from Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky of somebody uh, pushing the idea that we should go into the Capitol, directing people towards the Capitol. Was on a, a on a wanted list and then wasn't. I can't tell you. I can't tell you I'm even sold on the idea that it was an inside job. But do we have people who work with the FBI, work with the CIA, or work with other agencies who work to try and catch these kinds of people and maybe instigate more than they should? Yes. I think that's obvious. I'm Tony Katz.
1: in Critical Loudoun County? Well, I was going to say, in Loudoun County, this is where critical race theory, this conspiracy theory that is really made up, is not taught anywhere in Virginia schools, it was Promoted, in fact, by a person who is connected to the Trump White House. And so there's a whole train of people who are involved in setting this up. But Youngkin has used this issue. And in the debate that Chuck was moderating, Terry McAuliffe kind of walked into it by saying a clip which he says was out of context, where she said that parents you know, shouldn't be involved in their school, in the kids' schools. And he has said over and over again since that he didn't mean it. He said it on Beat the Press. But the fact is that we saw in the exit polls that for the first time in any of our memory, education was second to the economy in the issue that voters cared most about.
0: Andrea Mitchell simply doesn't understand what happened. It's insulting already. How many more times is she going to be wrong and still make more money than I do? Tony Katz, great to be with you, Tony Katz, today. Let me go over a little interesting number with you. This is from Josh Krashauer. He's over at National Journal. And Josh put up an exit poll. I think the exit poll that most matters and really exposes the flaw in Andrea Mitchell's non-thinking. How much say should parents have in curriculum? Not at all. 3%. 3% of Virginians said you, the parents, should have no say in your kid's curriculum. 10% said not much. 31% said some. 53% said a lot. Some or a lot of say in their kid's education, 84%. I put the two numbers together. 84% of Virginia voters said that they should have some kind of say in their kids' education. Now let's go back to the words of Andrew Mitchell. Seeing particularly what we're seeing in critical Loudoun County. Well, I was going to say, in
1: Loudoun County, this is where critical race theory, this conspiracy theory that is really made up, is not taught anywhere in Virginia schools. It was promoted, in fact, by a person who is connected to the Trump White House. And so there's a whole train of... People who were involved in setting this up, but Youngkin has used this issue. And in the debate that Chuck was moderating, Terry McAuliffe kind of walked into it by saying a clip that she says was out of context, where she said that parents, you know, shouldn't be involved in their school in the kids' schools. And he has said over and over again since that he didn't mean it. He said it on Beat the Press. But the fact is that we saw in the exit polls that for the first time in any of our memory, education
0: was second to the economy in the issue that voters cared most about. They didn't care about education. They cared about protecting their kids. You, 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 you got to understand that there's a difference here. None of the parents were voting about math scores. They were voting about indoctrination and teaching their kids to hate. Hate themselves or hate others. Further, critical race theory was not promoted by a person connected to the Trump White House. It was promoted by Ibram Kendi and Robin DiAngelo. So the question there about whether it's being taught, this is always the one that people are like, show me where it's taught. If I show you um, a teacher... Uh, who is calling uh, parents terrorists. I say to you that it is 100% being taught.
1: Here's your ostinato. Terrorists, terrorists, purple, for parents are. Terrorists, terrorists, purple, for parents are.
0: Now, I heard that this teacher actually resigned supposedly the woman in this video uh, that, that went viral, uh, Westfield, Indiana. And then, so basically, I could throw a rock and hit Westfield, Indiana, and that she resigned. If a teacher is doing that, well, we put that under the guise of this ideology that shows a total resentment for parents. So no, that's not specifically critical race theory, but that is indeed trying to make people believe that parents are the problem. If we take a look at schools that teach this idea of oppressed and oppressor through a series of, whether it's in classroom activities or homework activities, et cetera, studies, kids fill this out, fill out this, 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 this questionnaire. What is your view of people who are this? What is your view of people who are that? Do you ever see yourself thinking you're better than these people? That's critical race theory. That's happened in in schools. If you take a look at having Ibram Kendi as part of your uh, approved reading list, that's teaching critical race theory and anti-racism, which we put under the same umbrella. If this happens, this got sent to me. I have absolutely no idea if this is true. This got sent to me. Now, it's it's from MTV. So what I'm playing for you isn't some kind of uh of, of thing that uh is is secret. It's it's on YouTube. It's not it's not private. Um and uh it, it's it's MTV decoded. And here here, let me let me play this for you. American
2: mascots? Pretty much. Everything. Sorry,
0: didn't start at the beginning. Shame.
2: Ever wonder what's wrong with Native American mascots? Pretty much everything.
0: And it's from MTV News, Decoded, it says.
2: So there are a ton of major league sports teams with Native American mascots. But they're not the only ones. Across the U.S. and Canada, there are actually 2,128 high school, college, and professional teams with Native American names and nicknames. Right? Now, this comes from
0: 2015. That's when this video was first posted. The email that I got, that sa- was, I-, I was told it was shared with sixth graders in central Indiana. Now, here's a question. Is that something that you engage sixth graders in? Why not? Well, let's start with how it started. Let's go back to the beginning of the video.
2: Ever wonder what's wrong with Native American mascots? Pretty much everything.
0: Did they ever offer a video that said there's no problem with this? As a matter of fact, the Indians have an incredible history, and so do the Braves, and so does this, that, and the other. I didn't say you would accept it. The question before us is, let's say this video was indeed presented to sixth graders, and I can't prove that it was. An email was sent to me, but I'm, taking, I'm utilizing the video as, as an example now. That is a great example of indoctrination of students as, as opposed to the education of students.
2: That's a good point.
0: If this is what teachers believe they should be sharing with students, then they don't believe in reading, writing, arithmetic. They believe that their purpose is something else, perhaps in their head, something grander. And what the parent is saying is that is not for you. It's not for you. We have heard parents, uh, we have heard teachers in the classroom talk about how they uh, love their gay students. Love, love, love their gay students. And if you got a problem with gay students, because I'm the gay student advisor, I'll open up a can on you. Well, well, now you've told those students that they're not allowed to have any opinion other than the one you find acceptable because you just threaten them with physical violence. Is that education or is that indoctrination? Not only did you tell them that it's, that they're, they're bigots if they disagree, you've told them that you will physically hurt them if they disagree. You're not encouraging conversation. Oh, these people don't want us to teach about race. You're purposefully stifling the ability to have a conversation. Which is exactly what critical race theory does. Exactly what anti-racism does. So, is it taught? It's not as simple as that. If you say to me, can I show you a specific lesson plan? Maybe not. If I can, if I show you some levels of required reading, maybe I can. If I share with you what's happening in the classroom, more of what I can. What students have videotaped and then brought out to the world, exposing their teachers. No wonder teachers during COVID, oh, don't, your parents aren't allowed in the room. We're having a Zoom class. No, 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 it needs to be private. No transparency whatsoever. Now, maybe some teachers act like I do in in studio. The act of observing a a subject changes the subject. It's one of the reasons I don't allow people in studio with me. It's one of the reasons why I stopped doing uh, live streams of the show, although I'm thinking of bringing it back, but I do think it changes the program. And I think that's a serious problem. If, If you're playing to a video camera... You you cannot be engaged with a, a listening audience. I do, it's, it's it's difficult. It, it's difficult to do. Maybe it's just difficult for me, or maybe I'm just more sensitive to it. I mean, that's possible as well. So is it being taught? Well, yes, of course it's being taught. It is obviously and clearly being taught. And for noticing this, you have people like Kirsten Powers over at CNN making statements like this. Well, oh, There we go.
1: And representing it, there was all of this, you know, talking about critical race theory and and representing it as if it was happening in elementary school which of course is not even being taught there but it's there were a lot of these hot button cultural issues i think that um... that 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 Youngkin was really able to use to his advantage. Um, I don't think that that's right because I think it was misrepresented, but this, this is now, I think also the Republican playbook is, is to use these issues to scare people, basically um, a, a feeling out of control, you know, that, that everything's out of control with their children and they need to be protected from these people with this a- demagogues and this agenda, right?
0: They are demagogues with an agenda. If, Howard Zinn is part of your reading library. In middle school or high school, you're a demagogue with an agenda. Fight me. Howard Zinn knows nothing about history. Everything he says is a lie. You would literally have to be Matt Damon to buy into that. Why can't I stand up and say that's unacceptable? Why can't I stand up and say that doesn't work? Because you object to me using the term critical race theory? I'm fully aware that it comes from colleges and the the idea of legal framework and how race gets played into the creation of laws. I understand what you say about its creation. You reject the idea that it has gotten itself into the classroom. You taught these people for 50 years about it. Or 30 years about it. You didn't think it was going to make it into the classroom? Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. The mentioning of critical race theory is dog whistle racism. I mean, we should be clear. Kirsten Powers uh, lacks the intellectual heft that people thought that she had. And, and, And I was one of those people. I thought that she had it. Turns out that she doesn't. There are people out there who have it. She's not one of them. But don't tell these people it's not being taught don't tell these people that it's not divisive one of the things i find most divisive in the world uh, uh, allow me oh let's go right to the heart how about the people who engage the conversation that you know if, if you have both parents if you have if you grew up in a two-parent home your parents are still married you're privileged first that's critical race theory that is all part of the same umbrella to try and get people to feel like somehow they've they are they've done something wrong or they have some unfair advantage. So it creates oppressed and oppressor. It creates a victim and abuser. But let me be clear, because I've, I've never addressed this publicly and I should a- address this publicly. Having two parents is the norm. And it is not privilege to have two parents. By saying it's a privilege to have two parents, you are trying to normalize the idea of not, and you're trying to otherize the idea of have. It should go the other way. Why don't you have two parents? Now, there could be reasons for such a thing. It could be divorce, death. Uh, There's a series of possibilities. And I don't think we should attack those people but we want to attack the family. We want to attack those who have two parents as if somehow, oh, you had two parents. That's not a privilege, that's the standard. The real question is why isn't everybody attempting to live up to the standard? The valuable standard that culture and history and the millennia have proven works and creates better outcomes. Why not? But no, we otherize it. And that's critical race theory. That's part of this large-scale bigotry. This attack on the norms. This creating of an oppressor class and the oppressed. I dare anyone in the sound of my voice to take me on on this subject. Guys... Because they don't want to admit to what they're doing doesn't mean that we don't know. They make it difficult. I get that. That's part of its design. Our job is to not be swayed. Our job is to keep up the fight and protect our kids. Teach history. The good, the great, the bad, and the ugly. Don't teach our kids that they're oppressed or oppressors because, well, it's just not true. I'm Tony Katz. I think the best story of the day that has just, you know, been locked out because of the election stuff, which is stunning, is that uh, Disneyland Shanghai got locked down. 30,000 people in the park. I didn't even know there was a Disneyland in Shanghai. Maybe I didn't know. There shouldn't be. Come on, Disney. And one person was confirmed with a case of COVID. They shut down the entire park. 30,000 people got lined up into a queue. And every single one of them was given a COVID test and then had to leave the park. 30,000 people. Somebody was last online. Just so we're all clear. Somebody was last online. And yes, it's China. It's awful. But that could have been Australia these days or New Zealand these days. Or uh, if Joe Biden gets his way on more and more mandates. Craziness. Does woke culture change? Is there going to be a hashtag wokelash? That's like a backlash. Mark Hemingway joins us from Real Clear Politics and Real Clear Investigations. And as we were celebrating Yahoo pulling out of China, maybe we celebrated too quickly. He has got the story. Schedule be with us. Mark Hemingway
2: coming up. I'm Tony Counts.